Hello, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. The small towns and communities of Cleveland County, North Carolina have long been a hotbed of music in all its many forms. Several Cleveland County musicians have found commercial success and critical acclaim in the music industry. Yeah, everybody knows the Earl Scruggs, Don Gibson, Patty Loveless, and Alicia Bridges are from Cleveland County. Donald Bird, too. So this is not a podcast about them. This is a podcast about the musicians who are still here to keep music alive here. This is the stories, and you need to know them and know the people who are making the music. This is not, this is not your normal podcast. My guest today on Big Sound Small Town is John Reed. I went to John's store, Shelby Music Center, on a hot day in August. His air conditioning was out and the fans were running. <laughs> you can hear the fans in the background as we do this interview. Um, but this interview is part of two with John. This one is about John Reed, the drummer. Uh, there'll be a follow-up story on John and the legacy and importance of his store, Shelby Music Center, to the music history of Cleveland County. But today, we're talking about John the Drummer. Before I start today, I need to give a shout out to my buddies, um, Dale Champion and Donnie Peeler and their podcast, Crack House Chronicles. If you want a podcast about true crimes and mysteries, you need to check these guys out. Give them a listen. Today on Big Sound Small Town, we're coming to you from Shelby Music Center on Lafayette Street in Shelby, North Carolina. And my guess is third generation music store legend and owner and drummer, John Reed. Legend. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a legend. You know, this store has been a large, large part of... Well, the store's been here since 1951. Yeah, and that's a lot of musicians come through. A lot of good ones have come, a lot of good ones are here, and a lot of good ones have already passed on. No, that's the bad thing about it. This is true. Yeah. And, and you know, we're going to do one just on the store. Okay. Today, I'm interested in John Reed the drummer. Oh, Lord. Well, that was a lot of fun over the years. It's been, I guess I was about five or six years old, and there was a music teacher that taught upstairs. His name was Ray Ledford, and I went upstairs to take a guitar lesson. So he showed one kid how to play a chord, and he showed another kid how to play a chord, and he showed me how to play a chord, and I played the chord, and I turned the guitar over, and I was beating on the back of it. So then Ray showed us how to make another chord, and one kid made a chord, and one kid the chord, and I was beating on the back of the guitar, and he said, John, go downstairs and tell your daddy he wants a set of drums because, Lord of mercy, you're not paying any attention to your playing guitar. I said, oh, yes, sir, and I came downstairs. I said, Dad. You know, Ray says I'm not even going to make a guitar player, so I need to, I need to get a set of drums, and I think Dad should have killed Ray right about then. I'm sure he, I'm sure he 
So it was about, about five or six years. I was about five or six. And he brought home a drum set. It was Christmas time. It was a drum set. Okay, and, yeah. and um, you know, I had so much fun doing that. Just, I think just keeping the neighbors up and driving my dad crazy. And, yeah, and just making, you know, it's just a lot of fun. But I played for a long time. I took a few lessons from a guy named Camp, um, Klein, Klein, Frank Klein, okay. at Cleveland Times, and and uh, I took a few lessons from him. And and I went to Ray, and I said, I really ought to start playing guitar again. He said, Son, you might be able to play with me one of these days when you grow up. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Well, sure enough, down the road, I ended up playing with Ray, but. Uh, but I played drums for a lot of time, a long time, and had a good time doing it. And um, did you play drums in school? Yeah, I did. I went to the band director, and I said his name was Hayworth, Homer Hayworth, and I said, Mr. Hayworth, uh, I want to play drums in school. He looked over at his chart, and he said, John, I, he had a lot of drummers already, and I looked over, he didn't have any trombone players. And he said, you have the perfect commissure to play a trombone. <laughs> So I thought, trombone. So I came home, I said to my dad, on the music store, I said, Dad, Mr. Hayworth says that I ought to play a trombone. He said, really? Really? He said, take these drumsticks and go in there and ask Mr. Hayworth if he can play double paradiddles. And then if he can play flam paradiddles. I said, Dad, anybody can do that. And he said, ask him if he can. So the next day I went to school and I said, Mr. Hayworth, I'll play a trombone, but my dad wants to know if he can play double paradiddles. He said, can you? I said, anybody can. He said, can you do flammadiddles? And he said, can you? I said, anybody can. He said, well, do it. And I did it on the little counter. He said, boy, but you got to teach the high school kids how to play this. <laughs> and so I played drums all the way through. And um, in the band I played. And then I started playing in garage bands. And kids that were a lot older than me. And then just different folks. And had two drummers that lived in the neighborhood. One was a, a Beam boy, Van Beam, and one was a Gary um, uh, Gary Green. And so I would go up to one of their houses and I'd say, golly, that's good. Can you show me how to do that? And, and um, he said, yeah, John, he showed me a little bit of it. So I'd go down to the neighbor's house and say, Gary showed me this. He said, you can't do it. And I did it. And he said, well, Gary can't do this. And so he would show me something. I took drum lessons. Like from both of them, stealing, stealing from them both as much as I could. But it's been fun. I mean, it's just been a fun thing to play. That's kind of how you get it. I mean, that is learning from somebody that knows more than you. Exactly. You're know, smart enough to realize that they know more than you. Yeah, and watch them see how they do it and try to emulate it the best you can. What yeah. kind of music would that have been at that time? Oh, old rock and roll. Old rock and roll, yeah. Uh, Give me an example of old rock and roll. Well, besides, I mean, I remember playing in a in a basement band playing uh, Love Potion Number Nine. Okay, I got you. Love Potion Number Nine, and then you know Johnny B. Good stuff yeah. and all that, and uh, you know it was just whatever was pop music at the time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I learned how to play some of the fields listening to Hawaii Five O. I thought, man, that sounds pretty good. And so I started to say, well, oh, these are sixteen fields. These are pretty cool. And I started figuring it out. But I mean, you played along with the TV, you played along with headphones, you played along with records, you know. Then I got introduced to Buddy Rich. Yeah, that's a life changer there. For a drummer, it is. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. And I was a kid, and and so I would hear that Buddy Rich is going to be on Johnny Carson. So I'd sneak up at night. I was supposed to be in bed, and I'd right. sneak up at night, and I'd cut it on. It was in black and white, and right. and they had him playing. And that's how I'd learned. I said, man, what? That's 
that's fun music. That's yeah, oh yeah. for a drummer. That's the coolest stuff in the world. And started doing that type of stuff and trying to learn some of that jazz and all that. But that was one of my influences growing up. And you don't get much we better. Don't set our standards high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, trust me when I say I can't even <laughs> hold a stick. To, I, don't know, I wouldn't be worthy carrying the sticks in and handing them to him. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then I got into some bands that go out and play for teenagers and clubs and garage bands and and then you know then disco came around and I wanted to burn my drums actually I don't you know this just get a drum machine this is not really playing but uh, I'm finding that 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 that's kind of you know even now I'm 58 and I'm talking about when I was a teenager a young teenager at that Things are turning around a little bit more now, so people are playing real music again and getting away from some of the well, now, toy stuff. This. When did you decide that you know maybe I'd like to play it at a little little higher level than what I'm doing? Well, I did that for I played you know through high school and all that, and I went to college and I wasn't a music major. I was a uh, but I went to Western Carolina. They had a tremendous jazz program up there. So I went in and auditioned to be in the jazz band. There was like 20, I don't know if there's 20, but there's good many drummers up there that were, they were percussion majors and Western has a tremendous West, uh, school of music. And so I found the bass player that's been there for years, black guy, his name was Grip. I just went up and started talking to him. I said, I'm doing this as a drummer. He kind of rolled his back head and, you know, his eyes in the back of his head. And he said, oh, another white drummer. <laughs> so we did our thing. And uh, I went in and just sat down and played comfortably with him and ended up getting a, getting a spot there. And because of that, I could take my drum set to college. Okay. Because unless you were in the music, you, you couldn't take your instrument or have a practice run. So that was a lot of fun. So I played with the, the Westerns Jazz Band for some time. And then I started going out on the side and playing with uh, some of the college professors and doctors of music. We'd go down to Asheville, North Carolina and play a steakhouse, you know, and that was big payment, you know, when you're a freshman in college. What is this? Is this a big band? Is this jazz? This is just swing jazz, a lot of swing jazz stuff. It was smoking. And the well, no, no, we would take fake books and, okay. and go in and ablet off of them. These guys had their doctors in music and, and so, so. So, so it'd be like a trio, maybe? A trio, but, but then again, we had a, a killer piano player from one of the, from Bavard, uh, a percussion, incredible percussion guy that played vibes right, yeah. and all this. And I was just playing drums behind him, a piano guy and a guitar player from Mars Hill that was a teacher. Now, of course, I was the only kid that was playing, and so everybody got paid a hundred bucks, and everybody had a great steak dinner. And, and except, good. They, no, they look at me and go, "You don't get your hundred bucks; you get the steak dinner." I said, "Wait a minute, I played too." He said, "Man, you're a college student." I said, "I'm not in any of your classes. I'm not a music major, so you can't dog me." So they pay me, and so we did that. Uh, Heck yeah. I was rich man on campus yeah, is what I you call it. Yeah, that was fun. And having fun. Oh, I had a ball. Yeah. Played with some incredible musicians. Learned a lot about music. Yeah. So what happens from there? Well, I left out a whole bunch of stuff, like going and playing with the embers and all that you down there. You 
Well, we'll we'll do that. But but I was like I said, I was in school. My dad was in pretty bad shape, and um, he needed to start slowing down and retiring. And he told me, he said, "Son, this music business, it, it, it might put a roof over your head, it might put food on your table, but you're never going to get rich because you're dealing with musicians. I mean, and let's face it, that's that's what it is." It's he told you the truth. That's right. He said, you won't make a lot of money, but you make a lot of friends. And Lord of mercy, I have. I made a lot of friends over the years that are musicians. But after coming home from school, I was looking for something that I could play. Um, and honestly, I didn't want to go play in a, in a country band or a rock and roll band. I wanted to play in... Something, like something a little bit more not saying more sophisticated, but Honestly, just a little bit more challenging. Yeah, and so there was a the old man that the the, the teacher that told me to to uh, go get a drum set. Yeah. Well, I went and asked him if I could play with him, and he told me I was too young. I said, "Well, Ray, I kind of grew up listening to your style of music." He said, "John, you're too young to play with us," and that was in uh, December. February, uh, December, January 2nd, he called me and said, John, can, can you come sit in with us? He said, our drummer had a, our drummer had a, uh, a heart attack New Year's night after the job was over. Can you come sit in with us? And I said, well, I might be able to. He said, um, do you own a tuxedo? I said, tuxedo, Lord of mercy. I said, no, I got a coat and tie. He said, well, wear a coat and tie. And so I walk in with a fellow named Ray Ledford and those Ambrose Owens and uh, Johnny Beam and some of these this real seasoned players for our area. Right. And, um, and what were they playing? Oh, they were, they were playing, well, they were playing a lot of stuff that we were playing before, a lot of standards, okay. waltzes, charlestons. Uh, bossa Novas. And you were familiar not only with, with what Ray was doing, but you were familiar with that style of music. Exactly. They were doing a lot of um, ballroom dances. Yeah. And um, <laughs> funny thing is, he said, John, this is a big band swing. I said, got it, no problem. Played it. He said, John, this is a waltz. I said, okay. Got it. He said, this is a rumba. Now, if you don't know how to play it, I said, Ray, I know how to do a rumba. Um, So, I was playing a rumba. He said, if you don't know how to play it, uh, just feel in. And so I said, Ray, I can handle a rumba, no big deal. And he said, this is a good bossa nova. And I said, okay, fine. He said, if you don't know, I said, I don't know how to play it. Play it. And he said, this is a Charleston. It's an up-tempo swing. I said, got it, Ray, no problem. He said, let's try a tango out. And I said, okay, we'll try a tango. And he um, started looking at the bass player that was much older. He said, this is a merengue. I said, what? Merengue. He said, if you don't know how to play it, and so our bass player turned around and looked at him and said, what the hell's a merengue? <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, I got the job playing with him, and I played with him for years. Some of the best music that, that anybody that was fortunate enough to play with that man got to play over the years. And uh, he, he knew it all. He knew everything about music. And so I had a time of my life. I was playing... I was playing for people much older than me, right, but yeah. but that was. And with people much older than you. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. And the knowledge that I got from those guys was just uh, unbelievable. You know, there was 
There was Bill Allen that we've talked about. There was Ray Ledford. There was uh, Johnny Bean. It was incredible. So that was in our area of the woods. Uh, that was some of the top-notch musicians that's been around. And he made a living doing it. He sure did. And it helped me because <laughs> helped put food on my table and helped put my wife through college. So we had a ball. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it did. Every every Friday, Saturday night for for years, it was a different place every Friday and Saturday night. So we had a good time with that. But playing drums for um, and I played in beach bands. I played them. Well, well, yeah. Um, Ray's and I hate to say it, like we're talking about. This crowd started dying off, slowly but surely dying off. So, um, you know, I, I hated it, but, but but I wanted to play, and there was a, a local beach band in town, and they asked me to come play with them, and I did, but honestly, I mean, it's, beach music's fun to play, it's easy to play. Uh, if, you can, if you can put a shuffle to Mary Had a Little Lamb, they will dance to it. But, but, it's, it's, but we played with those guys for few years until I got very sick I got very sick but um, I was missing playing with the jazz things and terribly um, after some illness and uh, getting through some transplants some other different things um, I got with a little three-piece jazz combo piano bass and drums and we had a ball set up in 20 minutes tear down in 10 uh, go play uh, wineries. Do you remember who was in that? Group? Absolutely, Kevin Holmesley. Yes. One of the finest keyboard players around. There's a fellow named Mike Hunt that played bass. Okay. There's two black guys right. and me. Yeah. And so every now and then we would play, and they'd introduce us as the Oreo Jazz Band. <laughs> of course, I was in the middle. <laughs> I was in the middle. But we had a, I had an awful good time with that. And, um, with things going as they were, health is a whole other story. Health not that good. So now uh, I'm playing at my local church and having a ball doing it. I play with some lot better musicians than we have at our church, but uh, I've never had this much fun. Well, and that's a lot to be said for that too. Yeah, I'm having lots of fun. That's what playing is all about. So, what's your favorite drumming story? Drumming story. Yeah, drumming story. Well, meeting drummers was I got to meet Buddy Rich on a couple. Did, of, did you finally get to meet? Several him? occasions. Yeah, he was a jerk. But well, the, I was getting ready to ask him, were you disappointed? Not in his playing, in oh, his attitude. In his attitude, yeah, he was. Yeah, a, yeah, I've been there. Before. Yeah, I was, you know, I'm, I'm up here. I'll go to uh, Appalachian. This is years ago. Went to Appalachian up here, and he was doing a drum clinic. And after the drum clinic, he was sitting there playing, and he said he would tell what he was doing. And a little fella said, Mr. Rich, I didn't quite understand that, what you just did. Will you show me again? He said, son, if you didn't understand that, why are you here? And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, I used to sit up at night as a kid to watch Johnny Carson to see him play, and what a jackass. That, this, that, that, that ruined my whole thing. But, and being in this business, for a drummer, I get to go to these NAMM shows, right. and 
I've seen I've some seen of all them. the that, that you ever set out to yeah yeah well pretty much That's yeah good. pretty much you know I'm, I, I never got to see Gene Krupa at all but you know I, I, that was I before was Rich that. Yeah, it was. yeah that was before Rich um, there's several um, Jim Chapin was one of my uh, Jim was one of the best that I ever got to see in person I got to see Louis Belsom several oh, yeah. times and and uh, playing and uh, at NAMM shows. Uh, I don't know if it'd be interesting to anybody but me, but there's a friend named Pretty Purdy. And Pretty Purdy is one of the finest drummers in the world. He, he, he played a lot of Steely Dan stuff. He played with everybody. And Pretty's you know, got a little age on him, black guy. And um, Tom, Tommy, it wasn't Tommy Aldridge. Some, some other great drummer, um, Liberty DeVito was there. And uh, we were at a NAMM show, and Tommy Lee comes walking down. And he had some women hanging on him, half-dressed, half you know. And Pretty goes, wow, I wish I had me some of that. And Pretty, Tommy, uh, Liberty said, Pretty, you got more talent in your little fingernail than that man's got in his whole body. He said, he's a drummer? I was talking about them women. <laughs> he didn't even know he was a drummer. But I mean, it's, it's, it's but growing up here, I got such a chance to play with different types of people, and it's still pretty much that way. And um, you see a lot of drummers here these days. They're still drummers. Yeah, yeah. I've got I got lessons here at my shop that um, that the kids are lining up, and taking lessons from. And even adults are, are taking Who from. Well, fellow named the K.O. Wallace, and the K.O. teaches here at the shop, and I hope you get a chance to talk with him. Cause he's he's one of the best. He's done a tremendous job over the years. But yeah. Well, you got you got any advice for new drummers? I mean, yeah, less is more. Yeah. Learn to, learn to read, learn to play patterns, learn learn your rudiments, learn all that stuff. Cause it's old fashioned, but Lord have mercy, that's what works for every situation so far in life. It's worked great. I mean, this is this the basics. Like, uh, yours is about like my base advice is uh, work with the drummer. Yeah. If you got a keyboard player, put tape all up down the whole register and say we got a bass player. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty good. So, um, but yeah, I would I would definitely um, work with somebody like we talked about. Work with somebody that's a little better than you, and and your your job is to. Meet them and pass them. That's the way I look at it. And that's the way it works with every instrument. Exactly. Yeah. John, I know you're a busy guy, and I, I appreciate you taking the time to sure. do this out of your busy schedule. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the next section of uh, conversation about the story. Oh, there's a million stories in this wall. I, mean, I can't wait. About that. <laughs> so, thank you. You got it. Well, that does it for another version of Big Sound Small Town. Hope to see you again soon.